We are linked up on the shirts too, so that's cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> Feeling island that island vibe, time. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm used to doing all these like weird intros by myself, so now I'm like, oh, there's someone actively listening to me now. <laughs> You're professional, man. You can do it. Oh man. All right, here we go. Was uh <laughs> that's a professional intro right there. That's how we introduce it. <laughs> Welcome I back to Tipsy Theology. Welcome back. Appreciate you. Um, you might have heard the the sultry voice of a guest. <laughs> that's true. We <laughs> tonight we got Adam Continenza joining us today. Adam is the owner of True Lead CRM, helping small businesses of all kinds get more customers and more sales. Uh, True Leads believes in keeping it simple with a two-pronged approach. One, it starts with a state-of-the-art AI automation system. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's like hiring your own communication and customer relations specialist without having to hire a new employee. Two, earn as many new leads as you can handle with highly targeted and cost-effective digital advertising. It all funnels right back into the simple automation system, making follow-up and closing that much easier. If you want to fill your calendar and grow your business, go to trueleadcrm.com. That's T-R-U-L-E-A-D-S-C-R-M dot com. <laughs> They'll also help you get a website if you need one and help you run automated Google review campaigns to get you to the top of your local search results. Oh, and did I mention it's like obscenely affordable? <laughs> Just visit the website to book a call and let them know that Paul sent you. Let them know I sent you. Again, that's trueleadscrm.com. T-R-U-L-E-A-D-S-C-R-M dot com. <laughs> now, Adam, I've I've known you for, I think, pretty much my entire life, right? Yeah, it's pretty much, man. It's been a long time. <laughs> been friends with your family for... 22 years. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much my entire life, which is great. So, yeah, I've just kind of always known you. You're kind of my brother's friends, and so therefore you were my friend. And then just it's funny how time goes on that you just, like, age becomes less of a factor, mm -hmm. and then you just kind of start hanging out. But he's a, he's a married man with two kids, right? That's right. This is awesome. I love hearing his stories, just about how this army of Christians that you're you're creating is amazing. <laughs> That's my dream, man. So far, it's an army of two. We'll see how far me and the wife can get. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that's awesome. But yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about. Um, and I say tonight because we're we're doing a late night recording, which is always fun. That's when yeah, you get me in my naturally tipsier side. Yeah, man. Appreciate your flexibility. You know, family life is. Change the man. Absolutely. And I'm just riding that single life right now. So I'm like, we could have done this at one in the morning. And it's like, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm definitely not awake then. It's a short time window. <laughs> That's but good. I am in my prime right now. I love that. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited. Tonight we're, we're going to be talking about the third commandment. Um, I know when we talked about doing a podcast together, you were like, That's the topic. 
And I was like, I am so excited to see where this goes. And uh, it might get a little heavy, as most things do. It might get a little, you know, we're going to get in depth here, which is going to be exciting. So to do that, as always, we're going to need a drink. I've got mine right here. So what, what are we drinking? Oh, well, I know we have the same bottle. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> we have a green glass bottle, silver label with mm. a lion. Holland 1839. Have you That's tried good. it yet? No. So, uh, yeah, you recommended this, and I've had it. It's been sitting in my fridge for, I think, about a week now. Oh, nice and cold. And so it's cold. It's chilled. <laughs> and I intentionally did not drink it yet because I wanted to wait to have my first taste on the podcast with you. All right. I'm going to pop mine open right now. Let's see if we can get a little ASMR. <laughs> I don't know if that picked up. <laughs> I got a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so actually, you know what's funny? Dude, I love um, this AI stuff and where it's going. Because instead of me like going to the websites and searching for these beers and what they look like, or like information about them, I can just be like, hey, Chad GPT, what's fun about this beer? <laughs> That's great. But let's have a sip first. Cheers to you, buddy. So it's very, it's very reminiscent of like Stella and Heineken. Mm. I feel like it's kind of in that like very, very light. Yeah. Kind of like crisp, citrusy, crisp, little, little bitter. Yep. Yeah. That's really nice. I kind of like that. Yeah. Especially you know, at the price point. <laughs> oh, I know. It's almost a dollar a bottle. It's like it's a steal. It's incredible. Time. You can't find you know, anything like that. Not even water. <laughs> I know. Well, I used to shy away from European beers as a United States maximalist, you know, a true <laughs> patriot. Absolutely. In my younger days. <laughs> but I learned a few things lately that made me want to try this one. Hmm. First of all, um, they don't spray their wheat with glyphosate over there or their any of their crops, right? So they didn't yeah. use uh, the same herbicides pesticides and so i've heard that these european beers give you less inflammation less bloating you know whatever these negative side effects are of the pesticides that we use yeah. in the united states and the thing that really tipped it you know i've been a, a bush and budweiser guy my whole oh absolutely career <laughs> and then they did that thing earlier this year yeah they went woke which is against my standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, man, my favorite beer, just like that, couldn't drink it anymore. Yeah. Because my moral obligation, (laughs) yeah, my Christian obligations are stronger than my favorite brand of beer. So I was searching around all over the place. And you know, after drinking Bush and Budweiser for so many years, anything's an upgrade. (laughs) Yeah, well, well, the thing is, you get used to that four and a half to five percent beer. Oh, yeah. So you know exactly yeah. what you're getting every time. So we got here, it's 5% with this Holland 1839. Yeah, that's nice. Flavor is quite different from my old standard, but you know what? It hits home. Yeah. So it really plus does. I don't drink like I used to. I mean, geez, come on. <laughs> 20, 30 beers, I'm, I'm good with one or two. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it's so funny because I find myself, I didn't, I never really had like a crazy, like, drink binge area era 
But yeah, it's like it's hard to drink too many. Like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's different for you. For me, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I'm full. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, it's definitely that way now. I haven't been drunk in years. That's cool. I, yeah. Uh, before when Rachel and I decided we wanted to have kids, I did a, a hardcore cleanse, like mm. three or four months, a super strict diet plus supplements. You know that came with no drinking oh, for yeah. sure. So then when Dang. I picked it back up, I mean my tolerance was literally at zero. And I just never went back. Oh, that's fair. So like one sip and you're like, oh, dang. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's going on here? Yeah, one, two, three. I mean, dude, three drinks is tops for me now. So it's good, man. It's a way better life to tell you the truth. Yeah, there's something about it. it it's funny. I uh, it might have been the hard times that said it. But it was like, it turns out the pregnancy glow is just not drinking alcohol for <laughs> nine months. <laughs> oh wow that's accurate i was like i think that might be the case (laughs) so you know what i love about this um this holland lager from aldi is that it's brewed in the netherlands and the name of the family is the swinkles family (laughs) Hmm. i don't know why that's just um i'm not making fun of their name it's just got a fun vibe to it you know it reminds me of like twinkies but it's swinkles (laughs) well it's a funny american name i'm sure it's not a funny dutch name no, to them, it's probably like, oh, yeah, of course. Like we'd say, like, it's a Smith. Sprinkle <laughs> <laughs> Smith, yeah, right up there. <laughs> but it is sold exclusively at Aldi stores. I didn't know that. Wow. That's cool. uh, so 175-year-old beer Yeah, has an exclusive deal. Isn't Aldi. that crazy? Wow, that, that's incredible. Yeah, I love – dude, Aldi's taken over. I love that. <laughs> and Holland Lager has a light, golden, and crisp, refreshing taste. It does indeed. It is- <laughs> so you're reading from your prompt. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but it makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's accurate. And it is brewed with malted barley and noble hops. <laughs> They're not peasant hops. They're noble hops, uh, which give it a slightly sweet and toasted flavor. That's kind of fun. Oh, toasted. There's a note that I didn't get at first, but now it's so obvious. Love it. Thanks, Chad. Isn't that funny how they say that? It's like, yeah, someone throws it on you're like, that's what that flavor is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. I always laughed when people are like, oh, it's got like an apple flavor. I'm like, what? <laughs> For like different drinks and you try it and you're like, oh, it actually does. <laughs> yeah, it gets to be a bit much when you get, you know, wine people who are like, oh, well, you have burnt leather, old ink, right. uh, you know, carpet squares, you know, what, like all this stuff. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's a good it's a good year. Is I'm it? Vaping alcohol. I don't know. You just told me that one tastes like a tree, and you're saying that's a good year. <laughs> oh, we have some reviews of the Holland Lager from Aldi. A great budget beer that tastes like a more expensive one. A crisp and refreshing lager that is perfect for a hot day. A good alternative to Heineken if you're looking for a bit less a less bitter lager. That's cool. Those are good reviews. Any one star reviews? Um, they didn't tell me. I should let me ask. No. Um, hey, I mean, I can pretty much guess. <laughs> Worst beer I've ever tasted. Don't waste your money. <laughs> There's gonna be one in there that's like, I dropped it in the parking lot and they wouldn't refund me. Zero stars. <laughs> oh, yeah, here are the one star reviews. Tastes like water, skunky flavor, even though it was unopened. What? <laughs> <laughs> Amateurs. Head retention was poor. 
I don't know oh, if he's referring on. to himself or the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he didn't stay drunk long or didn't have much bottles. <laughs> I'm pretty stupid, so I didn't like the beer. <laughs> and bottles were damaged. I don't know if you can say the beer tastes bad yeah. if the bottles are damaged. See, I, I, I called that. I knew that was going to be a review. Of course. Bottle, like, they, they probably the just dropped, they dropped it. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was like, glass in my beer. <laughs> I smashed it over the counter and it went everywhere. One star. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's a five star in my book. You know, I'm loving it. And uh, actually, to what you were saying earlier, I have noticed that about more European beers um, is that I do feel a lot less bloated when I drink them. And maybe it is because, like, they're a little lighter sometimes, too, the ones that I drink. But when I was in Ireland, I was drinking, like, five pints of harp a day because I was in vacation mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt great. Like, I didn't – it didn't feel like it was, like, in my stomach or anything like that. Went cool. down like water. It was great. I have to keep that in mind about harp. I like that one, too. Yeah, that's a great one. But, yeah. So, I know we talked a little bit about it. I'm curious. Um, so, what – I guess now, what would you say is your perspective uh, when it comes to approaching alcohol in general? I mean, pretty much every time I drink, I'm wondering, should I be dumping poison into the temple of God? And um, fair question. <laughs> I think it is a fair question. I truly, really, I truly, really, truly do not get drunk anymore, hmm. and it's not just because my tolerance fell off four or five years ago. I mean, it, it, that helped, but it definitely has a lot to do with reading the Bible my whole life, especially mm-hmm. in um, the Proverbs or, or Ecclesi- in Ecclesiastes, talk about how only fools are drunk all the time. Yeah. And, and I remember reading that back in my party days, and one day I was reading it to my whole, like, uh, all my friends in, like, my apartment complex. Hmm. And I was like weeping on my third floor balcony oh, reading dang. these passages to the <laughs> to my people down below who were getting ready to party. I'm like, man, that's so depressing. Why are you reading that? And I'm like, you all just need to know. Yeah. You know, it took a lot of years, dang. but I mean, honestly, that's um, that's one of the reasons that I would rather make sure and keep it very light. Hmm. That's cool. No, I uh, think that's good. And it is, it is tough where it's like, you know, we all have different perspectives and experiences as we approach things. Um, but it's cool to see you on the side of like, hey, let's, uh, let's be cautious of how we engage with this and let's be courteous of the temple of the Lord, like you said, yeah. and how we treat it. And you feel better too. It's great. <laughs> it's weird. 100%. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, I still wake up at 6 a.m. <laughs> and you feel good. You're like, I wake up and right. I don't feel And hop like out of bed, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a different life. <laughs> no, man. It's a better life. Speaking of a better life, let's hop into this. Yeah, dude, I'm ready. Let's do it. So, understanding the third commandment. So, I think it's a fair question to start with is, what what is the third commandment? Well, the third commandment is that you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And the second half is that uh, the Lord shall not view as blameless those who do take his name in vain. Yeah. I know normally the first, just the first part is what we really focus on. But I think it's interesting that it says he shall not consider you blameless. 100%. To take his name in vain. 
it's because funny because yeah, that part gets skipped. Being blameless. Think of like we've sinned and need to repent, but we don't think about the blame. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that means. Yeah, how would you say is that has that commandment like commonly been understood? Well, I grew up Catholic. I mean, I've been going to church my whole life, and I mean, it was always just taught as don't swear using God's name. Yeah. So don't say Jesus Christ is a cuss word. Don't say Lord in the in God in the name of a cuss word. Yeah. And I mean, that was it. Yeah. I was like, okay. So I mean, no, I spent years swearing and then apologizing to God. Hmm. I pretty much bred that out of myself at this point, along with the drinking. I wonder if it's related. <laughs> but yeah, it was all I was always just understood it is watch what you say. Yeah. Which is that's kind of how I've always understood it and heard it too. It was really just a simple like it was always a, a verbal thing of like don't say this. Right. Because that's that's breaking the third commandment. Right. Which then kind of goes into that idea. We see it all over the place. I think it played a bigger role in um, when we read scripture of like how they approached it. Things have gotten less more irreverent over time. <laughs> and we don't hold things as in high regard. But yeah. they would they would, I guess, put that in the the way we call it swearing. They would probably say blasphemy when it comes to that commandment of using the the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So when I look at blasphemy, it's, you know, differentiating that from swearing a little bit because they are different. Um, and so I looked it up. <laughs> just went straight to a dictionary. It's a good and, place to start. Yeah, right? It's a good starting place. And the way they defined it is blasphemy is a term used to describe the act of showing contempt or irreverence towards something that is considered sacred, holy, or divine. It typically involves speaking or behaving in a way that is disrespectful, profane, or offensive towards relig- religious beliefs, deities, or religious symbols. So it does seem like a very, blasphemy is like a very specific thing to, you're talking about something that is considered sacred, which in that case, like blasphemy does change depending on each person. Sure. Yeah. I guess you can commit blasphemy on a subjective level, person to yeah. person. If someone f- takes something to be extremely important. Let's say someone was obsessed with Beanie Babies. Can you blast yeah. Beanie Babies? I mean, to that person, <laughs> maybe. But like looking through the Bible, and you know, it, it takes years and years. This is not stuff that I ever learned going to church yeah. or even on my first read through the Bible. The ways that blasphemy is talked about in other parts of the Bible, like when blasphemy occurs, it's not always so easy to comprehend. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit more as we get into yeah. the roots of this commandment. Yeah, because there's definitely so many levels to it. I guess the question is, like, can anyone commit blasphemy? Well, I guess based on the definition, it's like, do you have to be someone who also shares the same belief? Or can you just be anybody? Because then, like you said, it's that subjectivity side of it, which, is, which gets confusing. Let's say I'm not a Christian. Let's say I'm, a, I'm an atheist. And I say something that's offensive that you would say is blasphemy toward God. It's like, well, can I commit that since I don't believe that? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that's the magic pill of atheism is pretending that God doesn't (laughs) exist. True. A lot of uh, people get angry. Unbelievers get angry when you say something like this. But I don't think there are truly many, if any, atheists who exist. Truly Mm. believe that there is nothing, no spirit, no higher power, no anything beyond physical matter. Mm. 
I think there's got to be very few people. But most of their problem is I don't want to admit that God exists because then I, I would have to face God. Mm. You would have to be beholden to the moral law that is built into the fabric of the universe through the creator, not because humans created a moral standard. God right. created the standard. So even if you're blaspheming, say, by accident or because you don't believe, I don't think it matters. Hmm. I mean, when, I, when we're talking about the Almighty, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because the apostles spread the word to the four corners of the earth. Hmm. I think you'd be hard-pressed in the United States to find a single person who has never heard of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, is it even possible? According to scripture, it's not. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. it's all willful blasphemy. I think with it, and this is where I want to, I want to let you, I want to let you go and I want to hear your findings on all of this is we look at kind of understanding the third commandment because it sounds like it goes kind of beyond blasphemy because that, that seems too sim simplistic. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think it is. I've read through the Bible a handful of times in my life. As I said, I grew up Catholic. And I, technically, I'm still Catholic, although I uh, don't identify as such. And um, as all Bible readers know, every time you read through a book, you just you read something that you've never seen before. It's like you've never yeah. read the book before. Yeah. It's incredible how many times it happens. So I think it was 2017 I was doing a read-through. Really, really paying attention, really looking for the Word of God to shine through. And I came across a couple of verses that really blew my mind. And one of them was in Exodus 3 and the other in Isaiah 52. So the thing that these two chapters and verses have in common is that God names himself hmm. and that God talks about blasphemy. And when I read them, I was like, whoa, the name of the Lord. What is the name of the Lord? Because it's not really God. It's not almighty. The Lord of armies, highest of high, not even Jehovah, Yahweh. Mm. I mean, Adonai, these are, these are titles that we give the creator. Yeah. But what does God say God's name is? Mm. Oh, man. And when it hit, dude, it struck like lightning. I was thinking about it for, well, this is six years later, and I'm still obsessed with the final. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's led great strides in my understanding of not only the Bible, but myself and just really the fear of the Lord, which is such a hard concept to grasp. Yeah. I think the third commandment drives the fear of the Lord in a very important way. Mm. So let me kick over to Exodus 3, and specifically I'm looking at verses 13 and 14. So in this part of Exodus, uh, Moses is in the wilderness, and he uh, beholds the burning bush. And he's told to take off his shoes because he's on holy ground. And he's like, yeah. man, what is this? And he's talking to the bush, and he finds out it's God. And, you know, he's totally bewildered. God tells Moses, hey, guess what? You're my dude, and you're going to lead all the people Israel out <laughs> of Egypt. And Moses is like, whoa. 
no, I think you got the wrong guy. Like, no, 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 no. Hmm. And as we know, God was like, yes, 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 yes. And he says, so go tell the people that I sent you and that you're going to take them out of slavery in Egypt. And Moses says, okay, but um, when I go, what am I supposed to say? And this is where mm-hmm. verse 13 picks up. And I'm reading from the New King James Version here. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, But what is his name? What shall I say to them? And then in verse 14, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So there's our first clue. I am who I am. I am. I love it. So we're talking about all of creation, time, space, matter, probably thought, spirit, everything. I am yeah. means being, the being who is. I am who I am. I am who I was. I am who I am. I am who I will be. It's, it's the Alpha and Omega, dude, from beginning to end. Yeah. And we yeah. know that God created the heavens and the earth and everything in them, and that the yeah. Spirit of God is alive in yeah. the universe. So when we read this, what do we see? God is telling you that my name is everything. He could yeah. have said, what do I tell them when they sent me? Tell them everything sent me. But, you know, that's not mm. quite true because, uh, you know, then we get into the, is God in everything or is God like right. of everything, <laughs> you know? So I can see why they named it the way they did. I am who I am because he is a person, not mm-hmm. just a bunch of things. Right. So this is yeah. where the first time I was like, whoa, <laughs> the Lord's name. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. What is the name of the Lord? The Lord's name is I am. Yeah. And that struck me so hard. I was mm. like, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Mm. But maybe we should back up for a second and talk about what vain means. Yeah. And to take. Because now we have our first instance of the name of the Lord your God. Yeah. Because up until then, well, we didn't get the Ten Commandments yet in, chrono- in, the, in this chronology, right? Ten Commandments mm-hmm. came after this. But knowing what we know, after multiple reads in the Bible, we're predicting yeah. the Ten Commandments are coming soon. So I want to just break down the commandment into four parts. Let's do it. The first part being, you shall not. Now, this is the only easy part to understand. We all know what that means. <laughs> Don't. Okay? There are really are not that many synonyms here. <laughs> But then we get to the word take. I'm like, okay, this is a simple four-letter word that I learned when I was two years old. But think about what taking means. The definitions and synonyms are nearly endless. Check this out. Hmm. To take, to get, to grab, to hold, to accept, to profit from. And it keeps turning. To steal. To choose, to receive, to consume, to adopt, to use, to understand, to carry, transport, acquire. I mean, these are all 
this one simple word has this enormous meaning. So what does it mean to take the name of the Lord, to hold it, to yeah. adopt it inside of yourself, to understand it? So it says, do not misunderstand the name of the Lord, right? Hmm. Do not carry the name of the Lord, but in, in a certain way, yeah. which we'll get to next. Yeah. So you shall not take the Lord's name, which we've already discussed a little bit, in vain. So what is in vain? Vain, vanity, talking about arrogance, egotism, also to be frivolous or to be useless or petty or trivial. So restructure this commandment. You shall not hold or accept or adopt the name of the Lord your God as petty or useless Mm. or frivolous. Yeah. Or in arrogance. And of course, insert the name of the Lord. You shall not hold all of creation to be frivolous. Mm. Or you shall not hold any aspect of creation to be frivolous. Hmm. What do you think? So I, I looked up two words in particular when we look at the commandment itself. And it was the word take and the word vain. Because those ones really stand out to me when I when I read this. And um, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but for the word take, for those nerds out there, it's Strong's uh, 5375. And it means to lift up or carry or bear. And so the word bear really stuck out to me when I was reading those translations. And it's like, what are the implications if we are to bear something, you know, or or lift something up? And for me, when I when I when I hear that, it speaks to representation. You know, when I when I I use an Apple computer and when I'm using one and people see me using it, it's like I'm representing something about the company Apple, whether that's positive or negative, <laughs> depends on your persuasion. But uh it's like, yeah, when you see me using it, I'm representing the demographic of people that use it. And so what's interesting about this, you know, like where do I get off making a claim like that? Because it seems like a distinction from the word take when we think of just like carrying something but it's like if we're going to represent something we're going to bear something i it brought me to exodus 28 12 which says and this is i'm reading out of esv and you shall set the two stones on the shoulder uh, on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as stones of remembrance for the sons of israel and aaron shall bear their names before the lord on his two shoulders for remembrance and uses the word bear there which is the same Hebrew word that we see in the third commandment. And we see that he's physically carrying something on his shoulders. Wherever he goes, he brings that with him. He represents that. And I just thought that's like, that's so cool. (laughs) Dude, my mind is blown. Right? It's like it foreshadows the creation of the temple in the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Yeah. Just carrying. That's it. Dude. It's so cool. <laughs> and then uh, we look oh, at the so word. Nice. We look at the word vain. Um, the Hebrew word there. It's Strong's reference of seventy-seven twenty-three, um, which means evil, idolatry, useless, emptiness, or even to no good purpose. So, in other words, when I read this, the third commandment in in light of this, when it says, "Do not bear the the Lord your God's name in vain." It's like, do not bear the Lord your God's name to no good purpose. 
or to phrase it in the affirmative, it's to bear the, the name of the Lord well. Mm. And when we look at that, it's like, it's to represent him well, which goes yeah. so far beyond just misusing his name. But it's like, whatever we do, we are representing the Lord. If we, if we have chosen to bear his name. Dude, this is, this is reminding me of Deuteronomy. Right before mm. God leads the people into the land, he's, he, he goes on this big, or he has Moses tell him this big, long list of the things that you should do for abundance, mm. which is the opposite of taking the Lord's name in vain. It's like, you know, be good to your neighbor, follow the laws that I've set out for you, follow the Torah, heart, like harvest your stuff, don't be late, like all this, all this great stuff that will yeah. always bring forth massive amounts of abundance. And then a huge list of the things that you can do wrong, which <laughs> now reflecting is all ways that you would take the name of the Lord in vain mm. to do you know, bad to your neighbor yeah, and um, to lie and break the Torah. Oh, wow. So, dude, this is why yeah. the third commandment drew me in. It's so powerful. <laughs> it really is. And it keeps reflecting itself back through the Bible as the story continues on. Yeah, yeah. And it's like in a when I see this, it's like to, to put it in like more like practical terms. It's like you look at if I'm going to represent a company. It's like oh, let's say I let's say I work for Aldi. We're drinking their beer, so why not? <laughs> Thank you, Swinkles. <laughs> um, if if I'm if I'm a represent if I work for Aldi, I represent the company, and I'm there just like swinging at customers as they walk in. <laughs> oh, please. It's like, what representation is that put on Aldi? And, and and then Aldi has to jump in and be like, hey, that's not one of mine. <laughs> mm. You know, maybe that's just someone who bought the shirt and is like, yeah, I work at Aldi, but he doesn't. You know, but it's like, there's that representation that's there that we see. And it tarnishes the name. It, 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 it puts Aldi in a bad light. Yes. And when we call ourselves Christians and we mistreat people, and we flippantly do things that the, we know the Lord says not to, and we just act against what He told us to do or not to do. We're we're painting His name negatively. He says, "Don't do that." <laughs> yeah, this uh, dude, this is great because this takes me right to the next verse mm. that I wanted to read. So yeah, we, so we can read this commandment to say, "Don't take anything in vain. Nothing is frivolous." From the clothes on your back to the food you eat. I mean, obviously, wa- yeah. water and mana in the desert. Striking a rock and water comes out. I mean, come on. This is miraculous <laughs> stuff. Yeah. This is the stuff you cannot take in vain. And what, yeah. did, the, what did the people of Israel do? Oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, I'm, I'm hungry for something other than mana. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were breaking the commandment before Moses ever came down off that mount. Hmm. And so... We can take it to mean don't think that anything is frivolous. Yeah. All good things were made by God. All yeah. things were made by God. The only thing that God did not make explicitly was sin, which we did. That's our yeah. one accomplishment was sin. All things that God made <laughs> cannot be looked down upon. They all have their place. And we talked about this recently when I was trying to tell my son uh, he was asking me why God made yellow jackets. Mm. And my first reaction was, oh, yellow jackets, they're such ugh, mongrels. <laughs> but then I witnessed yellow jackets killing pests in my garden. 
And I called mm. Pax over and I said, hey, buddy, look at this. Look at this. This is why God made the yellow jackets. They're yeah. killing bugs that are eating my squash. Can you believe it? It's so cool. So there, there's one of my my recent um, <laughs> revelations to so why cool. you can't take the Lord's name in vain. But perhaps mm. even more importantly, the next verse I'm going to read, um, it really ties into the second half of the Ten Commandments. Mm. Um, which are um, don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't bear false witness, and don't covet. Hmm. And those are all crimes against each other. Yes, yeah. humans. Right? Yeah. So, like the first half is crimes against God. I always, mm-hmm. I always envision. So, first commandment: there's only one God. Second commandment: don't make idols. Third yeah. commandment: don't take the Lord's name in vain. Fourth commandment: keep holy the Sabbath. And then the fifth commandment is honor your father and your mother. And I always see that as a bridge between the mm. first four and the next. Five. Yeah, I like, agree with that. Your father, honor your father and your mother, which you could, you know, and some reflections in, into Proverbs, you can consider the earth to be your mother even. So it's like heaven and earth have just combined, boom, in the fifth commandment. Hmm. And then on the way down, it's always that we commit crimes against each other. Yeah. So at first you're like, okay, don't blaspheme God, don't commit crimes against God. But the commandments also tell us not to commit crimes against each other. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to Isaiah chapter 52. Mm. So Isaiah prophesizes, uh, he prophesies, prophesizes? What's the word? Prophesies? He prophesies. Prophecies. (laughs) (laughs) He speaks prophecy relating to (laughs) the uh, people Israel being taken into Babylon. When they're exiled from all their horrible ways, when they had all their kings in the first and second book of Kings. And so his prophecies, dude, don't. His prophetic words. And this, this isn't even the beer talking. His prophetic words <laughs> are telling the people, you know, what they've done wrong, why they're going to Babylon, what they've got to do, to, like, when they're going to come out, what it's going to be like over there, all types of crazy stuff. Yeah. So I came across chapter, Isaiah chapter 52. And there's another verse in here that, mm. that it said, you shall know my name. And of course, I'm reflecting. Yeah. So let me read this, uh, Isaiah 52, starting at verse 3, and it goes through the end of 6. For thus says the Lord, you have sold yourselves for nothing, and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus says the Lord God, my people went down at first into Egypt to dwell there, then... The Assyrians oppressed them without cause. Now, therefore, what have I here, says the Lord, that my people are taken away for nothing? Hmm. Those who rule over them make them wail, says the Lord, and my name is blasphemed continually every day. Therefore, my people shall know my name. They shall know in that day that I am he who speaks. Behold, it is I. Dude, this Mm-mm. this series just blows my mind. First of all, it's talking about nothing, nothing, nothing over and over. You sold yourself for nothing. You'll be deemed without Mm-mm. money. And it's like mm. this this nothing is like the vanity. Right? It's like we don't need anything from God. We don't need we don't we don't need anything from the prophets. We don't mm. need a, we, we're gonna sacrifice these other guys. We don't need anything from from their from our God. Nothing, 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 nothing. And he's kind of like throwing it in their faces. Like, oh, all this happens for nothing? And it's almost like, uh, I mean, it's not almost like the opposite is true. It didn't happen for nothing. It happened because you went against the third commandment. Yeah. And the first and the second commandment. Probably all the commandments. Let's let's get real here. But (laughs) check this out. 
when when we're talking about blasphemy. So in verse five, he says, those who rule over them, make them wail. And my name is blasphemed continually every day. Hmm. Now, when we're looking at blasphemy, like we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, where blasphemy is swearing. Yeah. Wouldn't that seem odd here? Those who rule over them, make them wail. I mean, that makes you think of being whipped, beaten. Right. You know, just trodden down, maybe enslaved. Who knows what's happening, dude? And then also people keep swearing every day. And I've had enough of the swearing. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Let's see some context here. The blasphemy is that his people are being abused. Hmm. So this is, this is the important part of the second half of the commandments. Don't forget that we were made in the image of God, dude. We're divine image bearers of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. So how can you look at each other and say this that we are worthless or something is a person is trash. You're talking about the image bearers of the divine. Hmm. So to make them wail is blasphemy against the Lord. So you can see again here how the, this first set of commandments, the third commandment, is reflecting down to the, the next set. Hmm. To take the Lord's name in vain includes mistreating each other. Yeah. And then, of course, we close yeah. out this banger. Yeah. Where God says, they shall know my name, that I am he mm. who speaks. Mm. Of course, we know in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he said, let there be light. And he said, let the earth come out of the water. And he said all these things. So it's like, dang, dude, he spoke mm. that all into existence. And that what he <laughs> says is, behold, it is I, it. Yeah. Now, this is interesting because I, I kind of take this out of context. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like in the in the verse this these three words it is i mm -hmm. they're not capitalized he's not saying that's my name but when mm. i read it i hear god say it is i mm. this this is this is almost the exact same phrasing as i am mm. who i am it is i i am who i am are you seeing what i'm looking yeah. at here so that, that's yeah. the second place yeah. where i that really struck me i was like whoa mm. god just gave us a big clue to what his name is a big mm. clue to that thing that we're not supposed to take in vain, that yeah. we're not supposed to carry as being useless. This reminds me of John 8, 48. I pulled it up. 48 through 59. It's a, it's a long passage, but I, I really want to read it. In light of what you just said, too, when we look at, this is Jesus talking in, in, this, in this chapter. We look at like the power of the name of the Lord and the, his name is so, so important. For some context here, this is where um, Jesus cast out a demon and everyone was like, whoa, this dude is a little crazy. <laughs> he's probably doing this, you know, out of a demon kind of thing. Like, and he's like, all right, like how this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, so it's kind of picking up there in the midst of that. Again, this is out of the ESV that I love the misogynist Bible. <laughs> I don't know if is you've ever heard that. I've never heard the, that. That's the joke about it. <laughs> okay. I've, I've, I've definitely read. Every time I read through, I try to do a, a, one or two different versions at the same time. And uh, no, it's good. I admit I read the ESV. I had no idea that it was the misogynist <laughs> Bible. And I want everyone to know that I do not take it back. I, do, I am there. No, I. it's just the one I'm most familiar with. So I. that's just the Bibles that I have. And I like the way it reads. But uh, for anyone who's uninitiated... Trey and I talked about this on the on the last one we did together because there was a decision that was made when they were translating it 
And any time it said like sons and daughters, uh, they just they left daughters out. <laughs> they oh, just wow. said sons. <laughs> so said, like, you are sons and daughters sure. of God. It's like you are sons of God. <laughs> so that's where that's coming from. I see. <laughs> but anyway, long live the patriarchy! Here, here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here, here. <laughs> Pick up in verse 48. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will not never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham. And Jesus said to them, and listen to this. (laughs) I love this so much. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Oh, oh. Dude, and then this next part caps off. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. And we see like the claims that he's making are so insane, especially in light of the verses that you gave. And he's saying, like, I know who the Father is. You claim to know him, but you don't. I know him. And even though we look at, I I just love the the grammar of this when we look at the name of the Lord. Of the saying he's the I am. It's like before Dude. Abraham was. That's past tense. And then he jumps to I am, present Dude. tense. He is not he's not someone who was or will be. He is. Yeah, and that I mean <clears throat> the Jews learned to read because they, they read scripture. Mm-hmm. They knew everything about scripture. Yeah. So to hear Jesus just dropped that bomb. <laughs> no wonder they wanted to kill him for blasphemy, dude. Yeah. That's they hardcore. Wanted, they killed Jesus for breaking the third commandment. Yeah. Yeah. What they thought. They thought he was. The commandment. Absolutely. Of course, hindsight, here 2,000 years later, after all the hard work of the martyrs and the prophets and the spreaders yeah. of the word man we're reaping the benefits but dude back mm-hmm. then can you imagine that yeah being in the dude in the temple that's hardcore i mean that's that's why i love jesus man absolutely he went all the way there and all the way back and way, <laughs> way, way far beyond that man that is and so when awesome. you look at the line that he says here i i just have to bring it out which is crazy <laughs> when he in fifth in 55 when he says but you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him and I keep his word. He's talking about what we're talking about right now. He's saying, I do know the Lord and I honor him. I keep his word. Now, what's interesting 
I was thinking about this a lot since we decided to do this podcast. If we had any understanding, we would have only needed the first commandment. Yeah. I am the Lord your God and shall have no other gods beside me. Yeah. If we really understood God, if our ancestors really understood God, if we really truly tried to pursue God, we would not have needed any of the other commandments because the fear of the Lord would have been so great. Yeah. And the understanding so deep that we wouldn't have had to have the rest of the instruction. Yeah. Because, I mean, think about it. They're, they're all about taking the, the name of the Lord in vain. Yeah. 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 It's all a reflection of this commandment. No yeah. other gods. If you have another God, that's yeah. the ultimate sin mm. against God's name. To make idols and worship pieces of wood or gold. I mean, come mm. on, man. This is not the living God. You're talking about stuff. Yeah. This yeah. is this the, both of those are violations of the third commandment. Yeah. But he had to tell us step by step because that's just the way we need to know. And then we still had to decipher it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, if we look at even going even further back than that, if we <laughs> if we truly loved God the way we should, we wouldn't have any more commandments than you shall not eat of that tree in the garden. And it's like yeah. Yeah, but yet sense. it's like we we still thought our way was better. And then oh. God's like, okay, so one isn't enough. You need ten. <laughs> and yeah, then even and then, ten, we're like, yeah, we're going to need some more than that. <laughs> yeah, a lot more than that. <laughs> you know, um, I think it's really interesting that the only commandment that Jesus didn't really talk about following was uh, the fourth, keeping holy of the Sabbath day. He kind of um, eliminated that along mm. with the rest of the Torah. I saw someone, I think his name was Frank Turek, said it's because Jesus is our rest now, that he, that he took the yoke. Because the Sabbath used to be about um, not working. Because um, like, think about when they were in the desert before the commandments came out. Mm -hmm. God only dropped mana for six days. Mm -hmm. But on the sixth day, they could collect twice as much. If yeah. they collected twice as much any other day, it, by morning it would be rotten. Yeah. You could not eat it. So he built the Sabbath in before the commandments came. Hmm. And it was a day that you had to trust God to provide for you. You're not yeah. allowed to do it. Was, it was, it's like a test. The fourth commandment, I think, was like a test. It's like, can you really trust God enough to not do anything and know that he's hmm. going to give you enough out of six days so that the seventh is good enough? And with Jesus, we know that it's good enough. And it's like we turned that that day of Sabbath into a day of worship. And I'm not sure if that's really explained in the Bible or if Jesus talks about it much, but it's, it's hmm. something I've never thought about before that, of course, popped up in the last couple of days. Because yeah. this is always the way the Lord works. Whenever you're thinking on a topic, all of a sudden, from every angle, you just get hammered with information about it. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't ever thought about that. I'll say that. So I'm kind of going off the dome here. The way I've always thought about it, and I want to, I want to do my, I want to do some more look, like do some more research into it as well. That idea of rest is the same, but it has, I don't even know if I, I don't, I don't I'm trying to think. So I don't even know if it, if it would have really changed when you look at the idea of reliance on the Lord and just really like a day of resting in Him, which I think is like what it shows. When it's like, even when we look at 
the the mana that you mentioned. It's like, yeah, you you collect double the day before, and then you have that day to just rejoice in what the Lord has provided. Mm-hmm. I think I think maybe in some ways it's like I think part of the question is like, do we keep it as strict as what they did in the past? It's like maybe it was overkill. Maybe that was right. I don't know. <laughs> I can't really say one way or the other right now. I think that's a great question to ask, which really kind of leads into the second half of the of the third commandment too. She's like, how are we how are we rejoicing in the Lord? But it's like, yeah, do we really take that day to rest and rejoice in what the Lord has done for us? Is that what keeping it holy looks like? Yeah, you know, it's it's not like driven into us. And I I have a feeling it's because defeating sin and defeating death and actually opening the doors for us to rejoice in eternity with God, mm-hmm. it's kind of a reflection like we have a chance at eternal life, saved mm. through grace. And so maybe... We don't need to look at just one day as the day to glorify God. Maybe hmm. every day we need to yeah. glorify God, which I'm sure they did before. So, you know, this I'm almost r- regretting bringing this up because I hadn't had time to look at it much in detail. <laughs> oh, but I just, had, I just had to talk about it because yeah. Jesus changed so much about what the Jewish people understood. Yeah. And we saw that through the uh, verses you just read from John. Because there was that focus shift that happened. They kind of started going their own trajectory and be like, this is what it means. And then Jesus shows up and says, no. <laughs> and I think when we look at that, even in the, especially in the Old Testament, we see so many times where people have decided for themselves, like, this is what is good. Mm. And then God comes in and says, I didn't say that. I never said that was good. When I have this that is, famous line, and then they did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah, that's it. And I think there's there's so much. That's where I count it such a blessing to be born at the time that I was born at because of how much we have compared to any generation before us. When we look at just the, the scripture that we have, it's like we can look and see what did the Lord say. Mm-hmm. And not, not only that, but we have the Holy Spirit now where we can ask, is this is this right? It's truly astounding. Yeah. I think about it constantly. How is it possible that I'm alive 2,000 years after Jesus and not only have the full scripture and established churches, you know? Yeah. Setting aside that, of course, churches have their problems. Um, It's not God's problem. It's our problem. But despite that, they're still spread to four corners of the earth. And not only do we have scripture, but we've had also 2,000 years worth of extreme Bible nerds who have yeah. written even more about it and have That's studied it. all this stuff and uncovered all of this stuff through history about the Bible. And it's still happening today. Yeah. It's still happening. We still have these amazing people who are uncovering truths and new ways for us to look at the Bible and to connect with God and Jesus. It's absolutely miraculous. I cannot believe that we're alive right now. I agree. Jumping back into this main side of it, when we look at the second half of the third commandment, 
which says, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And when we look at that in light of the fact that we are bearing his name, we're representing the Lord, the name of the Lord in our actions. There are consequences for us to not bear his name well when we have taken that on ourselves. And it's some, it's not something that he forces on us to be like, you will carry my name. <laughs> But it's something that we can accept. So when I say that I'm a Christian, that comes with a lot of responsibility. It's one of those where it's like it's the least that I can do for all that the Lord has done to me is to represent well what what he has done. Yeah, just I, I don't know. I'm, I'm blown away with that. It's just like we can't take what the Lord has done lightly because mm. Christ never did either. Jesus never took lightly the work that God had done and what through Jesus he is going to do. And if we accept that responsibility of bearing his name, we also accept the consequences for bearing it. You know, it was so serious that they were ready to stone Jesus for saying that he had the same authority as God. And so it's like, if that's the extreme that humans are willing to go to for, for blaspheming the name of the Lord, well, how high does the Lord hold his own name? Mm, and I think I think we see that even in even in Job. I think that's an example. And that's that's probably a can of worms too. When we look at that, it's like what happened? We see in the beginning someone saying that the Lord is not a good judge of character to to really dumb it down. <laughs> yeah. We see him saying, Job is Job honors me. Job Job loves me. And then we see the Satan, Satan say, no, I don't think so. If you took this away and you did that, then he'd hate you. And God's like, all right. I love the bargain. Hey, God, all your people, dude, they're trash. God's like, yeah, except Job. Yeah. I always have Job. But that's a that's just another reflection forward. Like, like we said, we have the advantage of seeing this from so far down the road. Job's a reflection of Christ. Yeah. Reflection of the Son of Man who was told in Daniel, who would ascend and sit at the right hand of God and rule over all the earth. Yeah. It's another thing when Jesus Jesus said uh, what he quoted that the Son of Man is this or that, talking about himself. That's another, that's another bomb that drops, just like saying I am to a bunch yeah. of Pharisees. <laughs> to say I'm the Son of Man, it, it was it was the same thing. Because it's he's yeah. saying I am the Messiah. I I'm literally the one, not you, not yeah. you, oh, righteous ones. No, no, no. <laughs> I will be sitting at the right hand of the Father and have dominion over all the earth. Yeah. What a yeah. powerful thing to say. And I almost wish, and this is taking the Lord's name in vain, but I'm only joking. But I <laughs> wish Jesus would have said explicitly, you're the images of God, now act like it. Wouldn't that have been great? Would have been nice. <laughs> but instead, we get to say it to each other which I think we should say more often. Paul, and I, I love think, you, dude, but you're the image of God. Why don't you act like it? I love that. That's got to be on a t-shirt right there. Because <laughs> that's, that's really the charge when I look to what does it mean for us in a, in, a, in a smaller side of it is, yeah, when you mistreat the people around you and you claim to be a Christian, you're not representing yourself, just yourself. You do represent your own name but you represent the Lord as well. And when I'm going to be sitting there 
mistreating the people around me in whatever way we we do it. It's like I can just say that we know what we're talking about because I've mistreated people in my life. I've probably done it today, and that's not bearing the name of the Lord well. That's taking the Lord's name in vain. And so what do we do with that? Well, that's where we got to turn and repent Mm -hmm. and ask the Lord for forgiveness and ask the people that we mistreated for forgiveness as well. I mean, there's been plenty of times in my life where that has happened. I've been somewhere and I said something or I've done something that's like, ooh, that was not good. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And the right thing is to say, hey, I wasn't representing Christ well there. So I'm sorry, and I'm going to be better from here on out. And luckily, there's grace for that. Thank God there's grace for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But like you said, you're an image bearer, so start acting like it. Yeah, I think that's a good statement, man. And I think it's something that Christians need to remind each other of. They're all the bickering, the finger pointing. Yeah. And, you know, whatever whatever else happens, none of us are blameless. We've mm-hmm. all violated all Ten Commandments. A lot yeah. of people say, well, I haven't, I haven't killed anyone. But Christ said that if you hate someone, you've murdered them in your heart. Yeah. We've all violated every commandment. I think it's important for us to remind each other that we are image bearers. We cannot take the Lord's name in vain. And to tell it and to remind each other what the Lord's name is. I love that. I don't know about you, but I want to build a future that God would be proud to say, I would love to build the kingdom of heaven now Mm. on earth. Mm. That's what the second coming is all about. Yeah. Rejoining Eden, heaven on earth. Shouldn't that be our goals as Christians? First for ourselves, fear God, love Christ, and live in eternity. But for each other, shouldn't we be building a world that God would be proud of? I think we have that uh, obligation for all that he's done. Hmm. Well, tomorrow, no. Tonight, I'm going to do better. And I love this reminder. The power of the Lord in our position in front of him. We look at all that he has done for us and then the small things that he's asked us in return of bear my name well, represent me well. And the least we can do is that, is look at one another and say, hey, you bear the name of the Lord. Maybe you don't, but I still love you and I'm going to treat you well because I want to represent my Lord well. I love it, man. Yeah. This is awesome. I appreciate your insights. I appreciate yours as well. Thank you so much for jumping in on this, being willing to talk. This is such a cool study. At first, I was like, I don't know how we're going to get like more than 10 minutes out of this until I started looking into it. And I was like, oh my gosh. I told you, man. (laughs) (laughs) So good. But thank you so much for jumping in. I love this. We should definitely do it again. I would love to. Thanks, Paul. I've, I've enjoyed all of this. And thank you guys so much for listening. Let me just say, I love hearing from you guys. I, I love when I get the emails. Uh, they're encouraging. And uh just love hearing your guys' thoughts about the episodes. So keep that going. Keep that rolling. And, uh, yeah, if you want to reach me, the email is going to be down in the description. But it is tipsytheologypodcast at gmail.com. So keep on sending those emails. Um, If you have thoughts, push back, 
things you want to hear, questions, bring them all in. I'm ready for them. I'm, I'm excited for them. And uh, yeah, because we're all doing this together, and that's what I love. I want you know this is this is something we all we all get to take part in, and I'm I'm glad that you guys are on this journey with me as we ask the weird and hard questions, and yeah, just go through that. So thank you again so much, and I'll talk to you hopefully sooner rather than later.